0: It's Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 21. I'm gonna need you to shout for me today. I'm I'm gonna try to shout some, but I don't know how it's gonna work out. But I'm gonna need you to shout for me today, all right? As you're turning to this passage of scripture in Mark chapter 8, let me set this up. We're starting a brand new series today. The series is gonna be short lived, but it's gonna be very informative because we're gonna talk about an area that I think we all need to deal with when it comes to our faith. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, endurance. Look at another neighbor and say, endurance. I'm gonna ask you just to stay on your feet for another minute. I know you had not been standing that long today. But when it comes to our faith, it's not, the, it's not the sprint that causes us problems, it's the marathon. It's not the short-term problems that overwhelm us. It's the long-term problems that we cannot see the end in sight. And so there are ebbs and flows in our faith. There are highs and there are lows in our faith. And so often in our faith, we, we tend to allow the scenarios in our lives to create a pattern in our faith. Therefore, the scenarios have more control over our lives than our faith does and when that happens to us because we have questions in life because we go to how many of you know there are just some questions in life that you just cannot answer and sometimes that just you struggle with them but when that is the case and we have the highs and the lows the ebbs and the flows we tend to build a relationship with god that has more to do with him doing for us rather than working in us And when you have a relationship with God that is more about Him doing for you rather than doing a work through you, then you will have something called spiritual amnesia when you hit a difficult place in your life and you will forget everything that God has done because in the moment, He doesn't seem to be doing. We're all looking for that suddenly miracle, like suddenly God showed up. We love those scriptures in the Bible where suddenly God showed up. But in our faith, it's not always about suddenly. Sometimes it has to be about longevity. And if you research scripture, many of those suddenly miracles are always followed by the process of faithfulness. And can I tell you something in today's world church, we cannot just have a starting faith. We've got to have a staying faith. Because with many more years like 2020 and 2021, we could easily become cynical, throw our hands in the air and forget the goodness of God. Why? Because we just can't figure out why this is happening. How much longer is this going to happen? And so we're overwhelmed. That's where Mark chapter 8 is at. Can I read it to you? I'm just going to read a few verses and then I'm going to let you sit down. But just just hang with me for, for a minute. I think in the first service, some of my cough drop got on the pages of my Bible. So Mark chapter eight, beginning in verse one, here's what Mark's gospel says. During those days, somebody say those days, those days, those days. How many of you know, Mark is letting us know that there were some days when people were broken, And the brokenness of humanity was chasing after the answer. And Mark is letting us know the answer was Jesus Christ when people had questions. How many of you know we're living in those days? He goes on to say, in those days, another large crowd gathered. He's telling us something else. This is pre-COVID. There's a large crowd. There's no social distancing. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him. So Mark is letting us know it was those days, there was a crowd, but he's also letting us know that there was a need amongst the crowd and the need was hunger. So we go on to read, Jesus says, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance his disciples answered, but, but, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? But where in this remote place? Now, hang on for a second, because in years past i've preached a sermon on jesus feeding the 5000 you remember where he uses the boy's lunch box and he's got five loaves of bread and two fish and jesus multiplies it and the 5000 are fed and it's so incredible it's it's just crazy and that story was about the 5000 and about jesus being able to take whatever you put in his hands and multiply it this story is about the disciples though let me show you why let's continue to read How many loaves do you have? He says in verse 5. They said, we've got seven. Everybody say seven. Seven. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. And when he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them. And he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. And they did so. They They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Skip down to verse 14. Verse 14, it says, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread. So they're going somewhere else. They're they're getting in the boat. They're crossing over to the other side. The disciples forgot to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Jesus said, be careful. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. Verse 16, they discussed this with one another. Is it because we have no bread? Oh, we don't have any bread. Peter's like, we don't have any more bread. Then all of a sudden Jesus says, "Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear?" Jesus says, "Do you not understand?" Hold on a second. He says, "Do you not He look at your neighbor and say, "Do you not understand?" That's the title of today's message. Do you not understand? Just have a seat. Have a seat. Here's Jesus asking a question to the disciples, pointing out a place in their faith. Do you not understand? I've already fed the 5,000. I've already fed the 4,000. And now you're worried because you don't have any bread. Do you not understand? And he's pointing out a place in their faith that they've hit this... Lack of endurance. I mean, everything was good while God was showing up for them, but is he going to show up for us? In fact, this specific question in their faith goes all the way back to verse 4. Verse 4 says this. If you'll put it up for me, to save me some time. Verse 4 says, his disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? So hold on a second. We see a lack of faith all the way back to verse 4. They know Jesus has already fed the 5,000 before. Now there's only 4,000, so this should be easy. Where but where? Their faith has taken up residence in the need. They've got a poverty mindset right here, if you will. In other words, their need has now become the greatest question in their lives at the moment— And because the question has become so great, they've forgotten everything that Jesus has already done. Time out for a second. They've witnessed Jesus do some incredible things. They've witnessed Jesus already feed 5,000. Now, at the beginning of this story, they're already wondering if Jesus can do it again. They have a question. They're like, but but, but how are we, Uh, but where? And the question that they are holding on to It's it's greater than the answers that God has already given them in the past. Y'all don't want to hear this. The question that they're holding on to, Richie, becomes greater than what Jesus has already done. And he's already done more than this. And now they're questioning his faithfulness. But it's not his faithfulness that is the issue. It is their faith or lack thereof. They had a starting faith but not necessarily a staying faith. So they said, but, but, but Jesus, where? But, but, but Jesus, how many of you know we ask questions? But Jesus, how? But, but Jesus, but, but, but why? But Jesus, how long? But Jesus, how much more? I can't take it. How many of you know we ask those questions all the time? We've we've got some butts. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We got some big old butts. I'm talking about some butts that just swing all around the room and knocking furniture off. I'm just talking about just swinging swinging, your butt. Just butts. just everywhere. All the holy people are not laughing up in this place. (laughs) You you know what I'm saying? We've just got some butt, butt. Butt. but God. And here's what is so amazing to me is that the disciples are no different than us. That They're hanging out with Jesus. They've seen Jesus do some incredible things, But, but the fear has eroded away at their endurance. But their questions have robbed them of endurance but 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 their insecurities have taken away their endurance and Jesus made them the representative of Christ if you will he's already empowered them and he said these are some things that I'm sending you out to do but at the moment they they feel like they can't do because they gotta why but how 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 are we supposed to do that They're the representatives. They are to represent Christ. That's who the disciples were. They're to represent Jesus Christ. He gave them the power to use faith in the face of life's questions. But yet they're not. And there's 4,000 people there who know that 5,000 have already been fed. Keep that in mind. There's 4,000 people who know that 5,000 have already been fed by Jesus, but yet now they're privy to a conversation between the disciples and Jesus. And the disciples are like, I don't know how we're going to do this, man. I'm just telling you, Jesus. I don't know. How? How, how, is this, how are we supposed to do this? This conversation is happening. And the point that I'm trying to make is that there are people who are watching how you use your faith in the most difficult circumstances in life. Here they are, the representatives of Christ. They've got enough faith to follow Jesus, but they don't have enough faith to stay in it. Think about it. It happened with Peter. You remember Peter got out of the boat one time. He began to walk on water until he saw the wind and the waves. And it says that he began to sink, and Jesus got him back to the boat, and he said, you have little faith. He didn't say no faith. He said little faith. And if you research that word, you'll find out that it means he had enough faith to get out of the boat. He just didn't have enough faith to keep walking. and so he you know they they ask a question they're they're like but 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 how But, but but how how listen God is not troubled by your questions God doesn't have a problem with your questions you can look all throughout scripture he answers questions but the issue is so many times we allow the question to cause us to forget who God is and what he's able to do so many times we allow the question to become bigger in our lives than who God is and what he's already done. You see, we're just like the disciples. God has placed us as Christ followers to be an example of Christ, full of faith in the middle of life's toughest questions. But yet so often you're like, the question becomes, why? I don't, I don't know how. How? I don't know. Listen, if you want to be mediocre, if you want to be normal, if you want to fit in, then all you need to do is allow your faith to be controlled by your situation. Or you can cause your situation to be controlled by your faith. If you want to be normal and you want to fit in, then all you have to do is just be like everybody else and complain about everything else that's going on all around the world and in your life today. Or you can be like Christ and know that he's the answer and point people in the toughest situations to whom Jesus Christ is. Listen, you can be like everybody else, dress like everybody else, act like everybody else, talk like everybody else, and go where everybody else goes. The problem with that is that you are going to lose the uniqueness of who Jesus Christ said that you are, and therefore your faith will be squelched. Do y'all want to hear me up in this place today? What I need to tell you is that no one, no one, no one looks to people who are quitting and giving up, but everyone looks to people who are looking up and giving Jesus the glory right in the middle of it. Can I tell you something? It takes endurance to win. It takes endurance to be successful. It takes endurance in your faith. Somebody say endurance. Do you not understand? And maybe you didn't understand what I was shouting because my voice. But do you not understand? And they were like, but then in the very next verse, verse five, Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? In other words, they have a question, but, but, but where? And Jesus answers their question with a question. Hold on a second. Jesus answers their question with a question. How many of you love when Jesus answers a question with a question? Y'all crazy because I don't, I want the answer. But that's just the way he is. He answers questions with questions. I I can just imagine that you know Peter's like you're asking us how many loaves do we have? You're the omnipotent one, Lord. Why don't you tell us? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. How many loaves do I have behind my back? How many do I got right here, Jesus? Come on. But Jesus, he does tend to answer our questions with a question. My mentor who started this church when it was Calvary Assembly back in the early 60s. He, he told me a story. In the early 60s, he was going to Florida. He was on a bus going to accept a job down at a university in Florida. And he had a, a, a stopover, if you will, in Columbia. But on the way from here to Columbia, he, he had beside of him a soldier. And the soldier had had a rough night the night before the soldier had been drunk the soldier had a hangover the soldier you know he, he was like man he was still kind of drunk and we're having conversations about his life and i'm hearing this brokenness and i'm hearing this difficulty and i'm hearing all of these different problems that are just happening in his life in his family's life all of this, this stuff and he said and i went back to my hotel room and i said jesus why don't you do something for those soldiers He said, and God said to me, why don't you? God will answer questions with a question. It's it's not the question that becomes so difficult for us. Well, let me say it this way. It's not the question that becomes so difficult for God because God is resourceful enough to answer your question. In fact, I mean, just think about this with me for a minute. I wasn't going to go here, but think. Why would Jesus answer the question with a question? I mean, he knows everything. The questions aren't difficult for him. He knows everything. He knows you. He knows what you're going through. He knows the difficulties that you have. He knows the fears that you have. He knows the insecurities that you have. He knows how long COVID is going to last with all of its variants. He knows what the future is. He knows all of those things so what is it that jesus is doing by asking the question you see jesus is asking the question in hopes that you realize that he's the answer he's the answer think about all the questions that jesus or that god has asked throughout scripture God said to Moses, Moses, what is that in your hand? He said, it's a staff. Jesus would later on see a blind man, and the blind man would say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus would say, well, what do you want me to do for you? Questions. You see, could it be that Jesus was trying to ask the questions so that we would realize we don't need to be full of questions, but rather we need to be full of the answer, and Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world. The Bible says that Jesus is an ever-present help in a time of trouble. The Bible says that he is our peace that surpasses all understanding. If my voice would allow me to, I would continue to sing the Accolades of Jesus. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to do it anyway because Jesus is our hope. Jesus is my help. Jesus is my breakthrough. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my tomorrow. Jesus is my salvation. Jesus is my forgiveness. Jesus is my everything. Do you not understand? He says it to the disciples, do you not understand? Do you not understand? You see, the question is not a problem for Jesus. The question is a problem for For us. us. Let me tell you why. Because so many times the question, why, how long, when, God, The question becomes a placeholder for our fear. And the placeholder then becomes an excuse not to act. Woo! You ought to be writing that down. That's just a free one. The question becomes a placeholder for fear. And then that placeholder becomes an excuse for you not to act. That's why in verses 14 and following, when they get in the boat and they realize they don't have but one loaf of bread and there's too many of them to eat, whoa, whoa. we don't have any bread. Jesus said, Do you not understand? I've fed the 5,000, I've fed the 4,000, and you're sitting here worried about 13 of us? Do you not understand? The understanding that the disciples should have had at that moment in time was all of the evidence of what Jesus had done up until that moment. Do you not understand? They had faith to to do some things, but start some things, but they didn't have that staying faith. They didn't have that enduring faith. Listen, you can replace bread. You know, we don't have any bread. You could replace the word bread with COVID how long is COVID? You can replace the word bread with a job that doesn't seem to be going the way you thought it would, or you can replace whatever your problem is. You can replace the word bread with it. You can just cross bread out and write lack, loneliness, difficulty, broken relationship, sickness. Uncertainty, you, whatever it is, you can replace. In fact, let me just be honest with you. I don't know who this is for. I, I, God put it in my spirit in the first service, and He's doing it again. There's someone who God has placed a business in your heart, in your spirit, but yet you're, you're not moving forward with it. You are not acting on it because the question is bigger than your faith. Some of you want relationships restored in your life, but yet you're hung up on the offense. I wrote this down. I I think this may be in your notes. But the problem with endurance is we expend more energy in asking why than saying yes. Good Lord, that's good, man. We expend more energy in asking why than saying yes, why should I forgive them first? They hurt me just as much as I hurt them. Why should I give him that offering? Because to be honest with you, I got a lot of other needs and stuff. So why should I? And so what ends up happening is you get so caught up in the question that you limit God's potential in your life because the question becomes more important to you and more overwhelming to you than the goodness of God's faith and grace and goodness and mercy and faithfulness. So Jesus said, how many loaves do you have? And they said, we've got seven. So in verses 7 and 8, he says, okay, sit everybody down. He said he took the bread from them and he gave thanks. He gave it back to them and they passed it all out. Here's what's so cool. They passed it all out. And then when they went to collect it in verse 8, it says the people ate and were satisfied. Somebody say satisfied. Huh. 4,000 people, seven loaves of bread. But after they ate, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over so this is a story also about the abundance of God because they finished up with more than they started out with only God can do that only God can do that how many of you know? somebody out to just praise God because he's a God of abundance come on But a couple of questions here. Some theologians say, well, you know, when you get to verse 14, theologians have argued over this. I mean, seriously. Sometimes I think theologians become so full of God's and knowledge of God's word that they forget how people act and respond in life. Because I read where one theologian said, you know, I don't understand, we can't quite understand how the disciples have already forgotten everything that Jesus has done. But the truth is, if you're in life, you know that sometimes questions become very big. You don't understand the timing of things. You don't understand the difficulty of things. And so the problem is not, well, let me say it this way. The problem is that when you hit the next crossroad, the next problem, the next difficulty, it will sometimes very easily cause you to forget what Jesus has done, because in the moment, your faith has no endurance. It's a lack of endurance. And it's not even that you don't have any faith. It's just you, you, haven't, you haven't built your faith up. You don't have that staying faith. That staying faith. How many of you know that, listen, you, you're going to have ebbs and flows in your faith. But the truth is, if you follow the ebbs and flows in your faith, the times that it was low, you probably weren't in God's Word the way you once were times it's difficult. Listen, uh, let me just just throw that out the window and just say this. When you are going through difficulty, and you may be in God's Word every day, and still you're going to go through difficulty because this is life. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because the Bible says Jesus has overcome this world. The, the The point that I'm trying to make is God's Word has an answer for you. God's Word has an answer for your question. God's Word has an answer for your question, and that answer comes in the form of faith but shows up in the form of grace. Are you, are you with me? Mm. Good Lord have mercy. Hold on a second. So, so let, me, let me tell you this. It's cool about this, the number seven. So there were seven baskets, or there were seven loaves, and then there were seven baskets full left over. Well, the number seven in the Bible is the number for completion. Jesus did a complete work. That's cool. When you when you think of it like that, that's that's just cool. But but really I, I began to just talk to God about this. Like, God, really, just tell me the significance of the number seven. I understand this, you know, that it means, you know, in spiritual terms, a complete work. But God dropped something in my spirit. He said it was not the the number seven that brought completion. It was their willingness to use what they had that allowed God to do a work of completion. Are are you with me? It was their willingness to use what they had. You see, it's your willingness to love. It's your willingness to forgive. It's your willingness to give. It's your willingness to do those things that causes God to do a a, a work of completion in in your life, a, a complete work in your life. How many of you want a complete work in your life? Can I tell you why we don't have a complete work sometimes in our lives? I'm going to come down here. Put up the next point for me, if you would. The next, the next point. The next point. Second from the end. Um, is it? Okay, yeah, here it is. A lack of endurance. Can you put it up on the screens for them? A lack of endurance comes when we allow the questions in life to stop the flow of God in our life. Hold on a second, I need you to grab this. A lack of endurance comes when we allow the questions in life to stop the flow of God in our lives. So again, what happens is a question, a difficulty, a situation, a scenario begins to dictate your faith rather than your faith dictating your circumstance. And so what ends up happening is that question, why God, I don't understand this guy. And so you become so enamored with the question that And I don't mean this in an ugly way, but it's the only term that I know how to use, that you become ignorant to all of the other needs around you. Therefore, the flow of God, listen, God's flow in your life is a selfless flow. It's not a selfish flow. He flows into your life in order to flow out of your life, in order to flow through your life so what ends up happening is you become ignorant to all of the difficulties around you and therefore there are needs around you that you had the potential of meeting but yet they go unmet because the flow of god is no longer flowing through you because the question is overwhelming your faith therefore you had a starting faith but not a staying faith Hmm. but god flowing through you could meet his need which meets her need which meets Dwayne's need. Kim's still got a need, but God's flowing now through Dwayne and Roxanne and through you and through you and through you and through you and through, through, through through you and through you and through you and through you and, and through you and 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 God's flowing through you, Ronnie, and God's flowing through you and through you and through you, and, and pretty soon, and pretty soon, and pretty soon, Pastor Johnny, what happens is God does a complete work and somebody else, because the flow of God's grace continues to be poured out somehow, some way, some connection that God makes, he does a complete work in you because you didn't stop it up. You didn't allow the question to stop what God was trying to do. Do you not understand, he said. Do you not understand, he said. The next point, put put it up for me. Put it up. I know I've been all over the place. I'm I'm just trying to give you the highlights. Don't let the question you have keep you from the completion that he knows. Richard, that's, that's good preaching. It might not sound good but that's good preaching don't let the question that you have keep you from the completion that he knows because god wants to do a work of completion in your don't let the question keep you from pursuing the answer he's the answer it's not the bread don't you know i'm the bread of life He wanted to say to them don't you understand yet let me let me say it let me let me say it this way the complete work that god wants to do in your life has really it really has nothing to do with bread well let me back up in order to receive the complete work that god wants to do in your life it's, it's not the result of bread or breakthrough or, or um, I, I don't know, a, a, a new job. Uh, it's not the result of any of those things. It comes as a result of your obedience. Completion comes because you're obedient. This is a different sermon, but sometimes some of you talk yourself out of the work that God wants to complete in you. The disciples were like oh, oh Jesus where are we supposed to get enough food to feed these people man come on uh, and the disciples were later like I've seen you feed 5,000 4,000 but there's 12 of us and we're hungry I mean you, you see you can almost see the disciples like over in the side just like us in the flesh Peter like well Thomas listen I'm gonna be honest with you I don't want Jesus to hear this and all but the truth is those people should have left 2 days ago and they wouldn't be hungry. You know what I'm saying, Thomas? I mean, I don't know what he's talking about, but they sh- they should they would have went home and they wouldn't be hungry. Huh. I mean, I don't understand that. You know what? If they they wouldn't have to hold that sign if they got a job. They wouldn't be going through all of that had they not made some stupid choices. You cannot have completion in your life if there is an absence of compassion. <laughs> Woo! Won't happen. It's verse 6, though, where it all comes home for me. It's verse 6. It's verse 6. When I went back and I looked at this story over and over and over and over, man, it just, I just kept coming back to verse 6. Verse 6 said, He told the crowd to sit down on the ground, When he had taken the seven loaves and given things, he broke them and he gave them to his disciples. 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 Hold on a second. How many loaves do you have? We got seven. He gave, they gave him, Seven loaves. He gave them back seven loaves that were blessed. They picked up seven basketfuls after feeding everyone. Somewhere there was a multiplication. The the thing that I'm trying to get to here is it says he gave them. Everything that you have in your hand is the result of his hand. Did you know that? Everything that you have. Listen, the bread was on loan. The bread was on loan from God anyway. He had already bled. Don't you understand what he had already placed in their hands was enough to do what the job needed to be done. Listen, what I need you to hear is this. You've got to place it in his hand. You've got to give it back to him. Let everything that hath breath, give it back to God. Let everything that hath breath, you cannot allow your butt to be bigger than your god but god but god is my healer but god is my hope but god is my help but god is my breakthrough somebody get up on your feet and give god a hand clap of praise somebody praise him like you mean it come on therefore that means The devil, you can't have my peace because you didn't give it to me. (laughs) Devil, you can't have my house because you didn't give it to me. Devil, you can't have my job because you didn't give it to me. It came from his hand. Do you not understand? I've given you all I've got. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Lord, I know there are people under the sound of my voice that are in a place where they need to be touched by you. God may you be a God who reaches in and touches them right where they are. And if today you're struggling in an area, you just need God to show up. You just need God's help. The question is bouncing around in your brain every day, all day. And you just need God to show up. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand high all over this building. Hands everywhere. You can put your hands down if you would say, Pastor Mark, from this day forward, I wanna live that kind of faith where I'm more focused on the answer. Even though at this moment I may not know the specific answer, but I know who the answer is. I know the answer is Jesus Christ. And I wanna focus on him in every single area of my life. And I wanna walk that kind of faith. If that's you, just raise your hand so that. I- Last but not least, if you would say today, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want a brand new start. I want forgiveness for my sins. I want a second chance. I'm the only one looking around. Just raise your hand so that I can see it. I see those hands. Wow. Father, today, we cry out to you. There are people in this place who need to be touched by you. God, who need to be renewed and strengthened and encouraged. And God, may you be that God for them today. Lord, may you empower them in ways that only you can. There are people that today are making the commitment to live their faith this way God to be focused upon you to have that staying faith God may you bless them and encourage them Lord as they continue on that journey and then there are those God who are giving their hearts to you today Lord may you be their Lord and Savior may you forgive them of their sins may you grant to them a second chance God may you make their days ahead wonderful days God we just give you the praise the honor and the glory for it somebody in the house just give God a praise come on Rise up and praise him for the work that he's done.